<laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher, and as always, a very special guest, uh, founder of Third Coast Grappling Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> practitioner, and proud Texas son, Ryan McGuire. Ryan, up, thank you very much for joining us today. I look like a Texan too, a man. You just got that intro. <laughs> Hello, you just got that Texas look, man. You got that fucking little beard. The big, big he's, he's basically man. saying that in coronavirus that I look like a cow now. That's, all <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he's saying. That's I the power of journalism, is. man. I'm leading you in to say it yourself, so I don't have to be a bad guy. <laughs> uh, what's we up, guys? Uh, yeah, uh, we just wanted to have Ryan by since uh, Ryan and I actually have a, a fairly unique relationship in that I was uh, lucky enough to do one of the first articles for uh, – like the first third no, coast grappling first, event. You did the first article ever written about third coast grappling. Yep. First yeah, first ever. And I'm like, as I was writing it, I only could think of I'm gonna milk this like super hard later on in life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah the, right. the like uh, appearing somewhat out of nowhere, third coast grappling went from this like really like uh, obscure show in Texas to be one of like the premier places for high level jujitsu. So uh, could, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the about the organization, man? Honestly, it was uh, it was it was one of those moments where I think a lot of promoters have had in the past where you go to an event and you're kind of you're looking around, you're like you're seeing people falling asleep, you're just seeing different stuff that you I mean you're like man I can do this and I and I can, and but most people think I can do this and I can do it better. Some of them can, they try, they do it and then they, they fall. But I was like, you know what? I can do this. It's not that I just don't have like a set of skills. Like I used to run uh, music production. I used to do all kinds of different stuff on, on that side. And so it was a natural marriage to try to bring in, you know, my, my uh, knowledge from the music side of things into the grappling kind of thing and try and create basically, I mean, Seth had coined the, um, the, the term, the biggest party in grappling. We want to be the biggest concert in grappling. We want to be the biggest fucking, we want to, we, we just want it to be like a big party. We don't allow kids in our events. And it just kind of started rolling from, you know, going to, a, going to an event, seeing that the, how it was. And then I sent out a, um, like a 20 person text message to, to people and was like, Hey, meet me up at twin peaks. I've got some ideas. I've got a venue. A friend of mine has let me use, I got this and that let's, let's go from there. And four people showed up. And within, I think, four or five months, we threw our first event, which had Keenan Cornelius and Tex Johnson, you know, headline. And then uh, and then from there, it was like, whoa, like because we sold the venue out the most it's ever been sold out. It's been open 20 years. Papa Roach has played there. Big names. We sold it out so bad that it was uh, that people were just like, holy shit. Like, it was terrible for people that bought you know, tickets. You know, they were jammed in there. They couldn't see. But from like a promotional aspect, it's like. We oversold. It was just. It was. We knew we had something. So from there, it was kind of like, okay, let's move up to another venue. But in there, we were able to start bringing in some investors, and we brought in some other people that believed in our vision. And then, you know, I had the idea to kind of go like a full all in. You know, I like to play poker. I'm a big poker player. So it was like, let's do like a big all in moment, marketing push. Let's uh, let's get the biggest names in the games. Let's throw them on our card. Let's try our rule set out. Let's put our nuts out on the table. Let's uh. Let's let's throw a crazy show and see how it goes. And uh, it lasted till two a.m. Uh, it, it was way too long, and it um, had its share. It's uh, it had its share of uh, issues, but it also had its share of big successes as well. As we had so many big names on one card, and we were able to pull it off, and everybody got paid. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that was our, I think, our second big event. So, I mean, we went from, you know, a smaller 600 to 800 capacity venue to all of a sudden to, you know, to where we're at now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I, I remember when those first events were coming out. And, and, and one of the biggest things that I have always considered to be essential in bridging that gap between um, jujitsu as something that jujitsu people dig to jujitsu as something that, the average Joe will also get into because that's important because, uh, you know, you're only going to go so far if you're marketing solely to jujitsu practitioners, you know, that's that's your base. It's always to people. And I feel like one of the reasons why you've been as successful, and maybe you can correct me on this is because you're in that What you guys, you're in Houston, right? Houston or Austin. We're in Houston. Yeah. Anyway, that particular area is kind of an under the cover hotbed for really great jiu-jitsu Man. there's a lot of great jiu-jitsu programs yeah. down there yeah there is in uh with with houston what made it so special was that you know i was able to kind of take fill it up with a lot of good local athletes on our on our undercard and that was kind of the appeal to the community look we're going to bring these big guys in they're going to do these seminars you're going to get to compete alongside of them we saw what flow grappling did with marvin castell you know all it takes takes us one move so we're going to bring these basically un- unknown you know these guys aren't out there doing these sub only circuits and doing these other super fight events you know, around around the country and doing all that, building their name up. These are guys that are right down the road from us. You know, that I know are scrappy and that want to have have an opportunity so to to get out there. So maybe they you go, hold on, hold on, Ryan. I don't mean to cut you. Guys, want to pause for so we can we can edit this out. You want to find yeah. out what what that fucking alarm is? So it's crazy. <laughs> no one's gonna listen. No one's gonna pay attention. All they're gonna hear is that. Hold on one alarm. second. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just oh. it, it's all we're good. Burn. That alarm no. was actually my wife who was out walking the dog. So yeah. Nope, yeah. yeah. No big deal, dude. Out. It's just yeah, like, my I, if I know that I can't pay attention to anything else but the alarm. I, know I couldn't that either. I couldn't either. I was, I was like, uh, I'll, I'll put like a, I'll put like a thing on the the screen, just saying apologies for the alarm. That'd be better. Like, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, speaking on that a little bit, I remember when I was uh, when I was first interviewing you, a big thing that you were talking about uh, <laughs> as the impetus was that uh, you wanted high level grappling uh, to come to. Uh, Texas, that there was there was nothing there. It was sort of a drought area, and that you saw a need. Uh, how like since since the first event, do you think that need has been filled or is being filled sufficiently? I think, I think we're just getting we were just getting to the level I think we needed to get the show to. I mean, um, Third Coast Grappling Force sold out uh, probably in I think less than a less than a month, and that's like over seventy tables. And 650 general admission tickets sold out less than a month, and we we wanted to get it to the point to where the venue we were at, Warehouse Live, we could basically say on sale, and our event sells out within where we're kind of at now, you know, within the first couple of weeks or month. And so the Houston community has been super, super supportive. And the thing that and it's such there's just so many. It's such a wide like it's such a big city. So there's schools all over all over the city. So I mean, you're you're not really. I mean, you can have another promotion in town, which we do, who does kind of more of the more of the kind of hobbyist type. Uh, it's kind of a, a Seth type of uh, model. But his instead of like they don't have the big names like Seth does on their card, but they do something for the local guys. Kind of the every submission hunter pro. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Down yeah, I, know. I, I think I've competed. on. I, I was supposed to compete on one of those, their, their shows when they came to Orlando, but I had to pull out because I got hurt. Yeah, but th- those guys, I mean, uh, that's the only other promotion. There's plenty of room in town for us. So we're all. You know, we're we're just trying to build up the the Houston town because I think there's good jujitsu everywhere. It's not just California. It's not just uh, New York anymore. Like you got great jujitsu in Florida. You got great jujitsu in Texas. And you know, with Third Coast Grappling, we wanted to showcase 
you know, that I'm, I'm trying my best to bring the athletes from, from Texas, from Louisiana, from Florida, you know, from, to, to come in and for us to showcase that, you know, we're, it's not just the West or the East Coast anymore. That I'm still waiting for my email, but it's no big deal. Right? No, no, I was just I'm about to say, I'm like, like, with you, buddy. I'm Ryan, old, I was just about, I was just about to say, like, no yeah, Ryan, like Gordon Ryan. Yeah, I, I think a few, a, a few people have heard of him. Like, he's kind of a big name, but like, he's no Kevin Gallagher. Come on. I don't need, I don't need those rumors. With our demographic, we're seeing is. A lot of people don't know who these big guys are. Like they'll come out to support their friends that are on the undercard and they'll come out to just have a good time. And the way we do it is I give, I get a beer sponsor to give free beer away to the VIP table owners. So they're getting drunk for free. They're getting rowdy. Uh, we don't allow kids in our events. It's smoky. It's loud. It's like a pro wrestling event. If you, I mean, you guys have watched it, but the real experience is being at one, like it's not, there's nothing like it. And so it's, it's a, I think, uh, the more shows we're able to put on and, and hopefully after all this passes, you know, the more people will continue to have their eyes open that our brain of grappling is exciting and that we do and that we did, in my opinion, turn, you know, uh, jujitsu and grappling into a potential spectator sport. If it keeps that's, going, the path that's going. That's what I, that's what, that's the point I was trying to make earlier when I, when I kind of, I mean, we kind of, I kind of got a little off topic and talk about some other things, but like the idea that I feel like you have, um, and, just in general, the more successful events that I've been to and that I've seen, they understand that, that it's, it's that the jujitsu, you know, it's a difficult road to kind of transverse because you don't want to turn into a, a complete gimmick because the jujitsu is still, you know, exactly. a real combative sport. You want to make that be the highlight, but you also have to make it interesting enough to attract people that aren't necessarily jujitsu fans. And then when they get in the room, they start mm -hmm. to realize, wow, this is pretty exciting. This is pretty fun to watch. These are actually some pretty highly athletic, highly trained, highly talented people putting down the line. But you got to do that by having bands. You got to do that by having DJs. You got to do that by having free beer and, and getting the folks loud and rowdy. And, and, okay. and one thing my friend told me, he goes, Ryan, until your shows, I was afraid to bring my family or girlfriend to these events because I brought them to one before and they told me that they basically called me a. Oh, wow. So if you got if you if you got to bleep that out or whatever, I didn't know yeah, that was appropriate, but but no, they basically are like, dude, like, what are you doing? You're in your pajamas, you're over here throwing around. Like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe you made me wait four hours. And now he's like, dude, I'm not scared to bring my family to my your, your events. They come out, they get a table, they have fun, you know. So that that was always my intention from the beginning. Is you know, a lot of guys are like, oh, I want to make a bunch of money. I want to do this. We're gonna do competitive grappling. Meta Morris kind of set the standard with the big stage in the middle, and everybody's tried to. They're like, oh wow, that's cool, you know, like 360 views and all that. But ours is like, we're looking past just you know, most concert uh, venues are set up for the best spectator experience possible. The they throw concerts for a living. So if we're basically trying to throw concert with concerts with gra with uh, grappling athletes. Well, I mean, the music venues already have the built-in production. They have everything they need. We bring in, I guarantee you, half the amount of production cost for our events that other events are having to do. We do all of our own streaming, all of our own stuff, and it, and you know, it uh, it's 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 been costly um, <laughs> our first year in the game, and we've lost our ass in some instances, and uh, you know. But at the end of the day, we're we're good now, and we're ready to keep moving forward. Let's let's talk a little bit about your own streaming because that's something that's interesting. Because like I I in my <laughs> opinion, you guys were the first uh, organization to really try to pull away from the stranglehold that Flow Grappling has on everything, and that's neither <laughs> wrong nor right. And I'm not trying to knock Flow Grappling. I'm just saying that like I haven't renewed my membership because I'm not paying another hundred forty four dollars right, particularly right now, to watch matches. Um, how do you feel like you've been able to to conquer that demon? 
And do well, you have any advice for other shows that might be able to work with? Might be working with that. Well, we're still we're, we're still with Flow Grappling. We oh. were, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'll, I'll give you some insight. I mean, we we were signed with them. We uh, we went through some pretty intense litigation uh, through the summer over what we believe we weren't. I mean, I can't go too many details about it. There's a lot of confidentiality stuff that went on, but. I, I was in there with them, just me and my attorney facing down their million dollar lawyers and Neil Whelan and Deal and I went back and forth to Austin multiple times. It was an experience. But at the end of the day, we got we got what we wanted. They got what they wanted. And uh, and, uh, you know, we're pretty happy for the most part on the other side of the relationship. I mean, they have some really good people over there that we uh, that we are that we get along with. There's some people over there we don't get along with, but that's in life. Anyway, the, the yeah. one thing I have issue with with. Um, with flow grab and this is the one major issue that i have with is is the, is the fact that they now have ownership of all content and i say that in regards to you know me as myself that's trying to market myself in one way or another to sell dvds or to get private lessons or whatever the hell i have to do to market myself because you got to market yourself that's 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 the name of the game you know it's just it's mm-hmm. you as a promoter know that when someone says hey i want to be on your show probably the first or third thing you're going to do is go to their Instagram page, find how many likes they have, how many followers they have, how many people exactly, are yeah. interested in them because young fighters don't necessarily get that. No, you know, not at all. You want to come in and say, hey, I want to get paid this, 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 X, Y, and Z. And you as a promoter <laughs> like, okay, well, cool. Tell me what you're going to do to make sure that I recoup that investment in you in one way or another. The main, the way, the main way you do that is through your 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 you know multimedia your your your, your Facebook your 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 Instagram and, and, and all the other shit. Well, the- like with, with, with like flow grappling, like you were saying about the content, that's why us as a, as an organization, I took the initiative and I was like, guys, we got to develop our own content. We got to do our own podcasts. We got to do our own highlight shows. We got to do our own countdown shows. We got to do all that stuff. So I you know commissioned a team of people. You you guys probably know him. Uh, he does the uh, Alexander uh, Alexander Marketing. He does the uh, what's it called the uh, Rear Naked Radio, I think so. Oh yeah, yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah. we just had we just had um, we we just had Drew on uh, yeah, yeah. a previous episode. So, oh yeah, Drew, Drew Weatherhead. Drew is awesome. Well, no, 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 not 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 Drew Weatherhead. Those guys are awesome, but no, that's Rear uh, Naked Radio. Yeah, it's, this is a god damn it. Why can't I remember the? I was I, just is it, the is something black belts, three black belts, or something like that. No, I, I, was, I, I I was just on the damn podcast. I feel like an asshole for not knowing this. <laughs> I know. Because, good. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> they're the greatest. They were the greatest. Um, you know, they, they were awesome. It was one of the best ones I've been on. Well, fuck it. We're talking about our podcast. Now. Yeah, I agree. Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Not, that's just, sorry, sorry, sorry. Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Okay. Yeah, guys, Shout yeah, out to Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Sorry, sorry guys. Awesome. Matt, Matt, Matt loved all of everybody out there. We're trying to. <laughs> but trying to but no, like I found the importance early on when we were getting kind of geared up to get out of our first flow contract and go into our own subscription service. We were starting to get our own content developed, our own people, everything that you see that's out there is, is from us. I mean, flow grappling, they'll do their buildup usually about two weeks before the event because their their marketing goals and our marketing goals are completely different. Mine's to sell tickets, sell my event out and create general awareness from a certain time to a certain time. Whereas their goals are to keep, to get viewers to watch the show, which as an ADD nation, they think anything longer than two weeks away it's kind of going to be overkill unless it's like an ADCC or Worlds or something like that, you know. So they they pace their marketing. It's just two different marketing goals. So so early on, I was like, man, what the fuck? Why aren't you guys giving us any uh, giving us any love? You know, like I'm having to do all this other different stuff, and you guys, you know. Uh, and then they explained why they do it. It makes a lot of sense. So. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting business model in life in general. The more you diversify yourself. 
Um, you're not necessarily dealing with an event, but you're getting your name out there. Um, the more podcasts you have, the more interviews you do, the more the more freaking uh, magazine articles you're written about you. It's all about building the buzz around the right magazine articles written right. about you, man. Some, <laughs> yeah, my that's a good God. Point. Uh, like, <laughs> all, 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 uh, all, what, all exposure, <laughs> all, good exposure. Folks. All press is good press. All press is good press. It, it, it is what it is. But uh, th that was definitely a first time experience for me because my 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 experience with uh, jujitsu media for the most part has been a million percent positive. Like with jujitsu, with jujitsu times with Kevin from the beginning, and then me and Avery have, have a good friendship. And then Kit, you know, I know him very well. My professor Dracolino, uh, Homolos, his professors. Kit's a black belt under Homolos, so we have like a. You know the whole lineage. So I, I have a lot of love for you guys, and I've always tried to, to try to do that. But not everybody is like you guys. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are just they're not they're not journalists. And like, honestly, I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, I've heard that the jujitsu radio guys are kind of lame. Yeah, no, so no, 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 no. I'm I'm just kidding. Dude, I'm just kidding. Knock on them in one show. We should know. I'm just trying love. to start. I'm just trying to get enemies. But you, you were actually just saying, uh, just to go off what you were saying about. Uh, exposure the jiu-jitsu media you know uh your event took off really fast mm -hmm. and the jiu-jitsu media responded to that very positively i think after you know meta morris and even more recent duds we like seeing something succeed well and and bring a sort of legitimacy to the sport um how about what about the athletes how did they like dealing with talent dealing with competitors were they <sighs> was there a lot of initial interest and and has that kept building as you've kept uh, doing events it, it, it of course it keeps building events event but in the beginning like we had to overpay like i didn't know what these guys cost you know like i didn't know that you know like because the markets are so inflated you got russian warlords paying guys 20 grand and then you got these guys from abu dhabi that are paying 50 grand and then you got you know little podunk billy down the street paying them three grand so like there's like no market so you got to find i guess different things that motivate them like hey you know what i'll set up a seminar for you here while you're in town in houston you've never done one before so we'll offset the cost of of your purse that way or some of these guys are just stuck on it like it's ten thousand dollars or bust or it's this or bust and you know brazilians are gangsters when they're trying to negotiate like they're they're, they're so gangster about their negotiations that even at the after you sign the contract they want to keep negotiating right so it's but it's they're great people it's not a, i'm not like hating on them or anything i'm just saying like those guys are like the ultimate businessmen. Like they're always hustling. They're always trying to get their money. And it's kind of different than the American athlete where the American athlete is almost afraid to ask to be paid to do a service. Like it's, it's just, it's just a weird kind of dynamic to deal with. I've noticed. I think, uh, I think a big reason that comes from that is because when you talk about these events in, uh, in Dubai and in, in, in the UK and some of the other, other countries that are, that are, that are, you know, put on by these, uh, you know, rich uh, investors is the fact that they don't care about making money. They're just doing it for the, you know, they're doing it for the pure love of mm. jujitsu. Like, you know, you look exactly. at the ADCC. I talked to, uh, to to someone on the inside of the ADC. I won't mention his name because he asked me not to mention his name, but an anonymous source. But, you know, he, he says, you know, yearly the ADCC, they, they lose millions and millions of dollars, but the Sheik doesn't care because he loves jujitsu. And then traditionally exactly. they just they pay whatever they pay and they bring them over to the country and they pay him these giant purses to come over and compete, you know, in front of all their friends and family because they want to do that because they love jiu-jitsu but the reality of it is is you know as an entrepreneur someone that's trying to build a business yeah you love jiu-jitsu but you're also trying to you know i'm sure making a buck isn't isn't out of the equation either so you have to people the competitors and the athletes need to kind of kind of think along those lines some money is better than no money and i think that there's a uh there's like this misconception that grappling promoters are out there to to fuck the fighters and to just try and make all this money and they're going home with this big barrel of money and right. i'll be honest <laughs> with you man like i lost 
$120,000 our first year. Like, like after it was all said and done and we did our, our, our K2 or taxes as a business, we lost $120,000 last year. And personally, I lost more. I lost a substantial amount of money, but we started winning our last three events. So we're doing this stuff. You can't come in here and not have passion for it. You can't come in here and not have balls for it and, and then try and try and make a difference. It's such a young industry and it's just so like it's like the Wild West out there that you can hit. Uh, you can just get hot and boom. Next thing you know, you're the next big thing. You've blown the sport up just like the UFC did with, uh, you know, with the um, with the ultimate fighter. Like yeah. that came out of nowhere. It just takes like Shugio, like that that event Shugio. Have you seen those guys the way that they do it? It's like the yeah. recorded no, no, I don't know, but it's the way they're doing it. They have like a cool little reality show that they're kind of filming where they do. Oh, I did see a little bit about like, that. It's like yeah. no time limit, but they 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 pre-record it and they edit it down. And you know, like Nathan Orchard versus Jordan Holly was was the final for it, but it was uh, no, it, it, it was it was really good. But no, um, I think I, yeah, man, I just think that you have to. Uh, it's it's going to take a lot of different things in order to get it uh, get it out in the mainstream, but it's going to start with a shift between with mindsets and what people's expectations are. And this is a perfect time coming out of the coronavirus stuff to kind of reset the market because we're not going to be able to pull in probably the, the amount of people that we're used to pulling in at the live gate. We're, uh, we're not going to, I mean, it's just going to be a completely different world. I mean, I'd be surprised if I get, if I get a show off before the end of the year, I have one set up for uh, June 13th, but um, yeah, we'll get in. We can get into that for, for hours and hours. Yeah. And hours I will actually freaking, just be, um, just because we were we were in contact, uh, Ryan, you and I were in contact right as the severity of the outbreak was kind of being known. You know, Keenan had just closed his gym, I think, right around the time we were talking when you were supposed to come on originally, and and it was sort of becoming real. It was becoming the monster that it is today. Can you talk about how that unfolded on your end, like yeah. seeing this this outbreak spread from your point of view? Well. I, my team will tell you, I was the most skeptical, like, no, nah, this is bullshit. We're just going to go on, blah, 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 being the bullheaded guy. You know, I don't want to hear it. And I have people on my team that actually do this for a living. Like one of the, one of them is an actual works for the health, uh, health and public safety and, and all that. And she's going to, she's a PhD student in epidemic, like to be an epidemiologist. So we had her, we had uh, city and county officials and we were just, I was trying to take information in from everywhere. I was taking, uh, guidance from you know what other events were doing around the country the uae jjf i was looking at you know uh concert festivals south by southwest was something i used to play every year or i used to be a part of every year as a musician or as a show producer and now it's canceled never been canceled before and then they come to the houston rodeo the houston rodeo cancels and it's just like all these iconic events and these people i guarantee you are listening to people much smarter than me and i'm guaranteed they paid way much more money or way more money than I did to get their threat assessment on what was actually going down and the actual PR and overall economic impacts it has if they didn't shut their event down. And yeah, I mean, Houston, Houston and Texas in that area was traditionally the first area to really buckle down on um, on, on on these uh, closures, I think, if I remember correctly, which is uh, – I, yes. I, I remember you were the first event because we were going we to interview you on the day that, uh, that everything broke down and we had yeah. to break away to go deal with all that stuff. And, and, and there's been a, and there's been a lot of stuff that was, uh, said behind the scenes. A lot of people that were mad, they were angry. I mean, sub, the sub saying it just happened. P 
people were like, man, they got stiff there. And then next thing you know, we're sitting here talking about canceling an event or just keeping it to Texas only. And people are already skeptical. All I wanted to do was limit people flying into my damn state from California, New York, overseas. And then people started kind of interpreting it as, oh, well, you're just trying to screw the guys over and save money and do this. Like we were going to make money with the original card when we scaled it down to a Texas only card we were going to lose our fucking asses just to put a show on right so i think there's a very big disconnect from between people that don't do this for a living or that don't know the industry to people that actually do this for a living this isn't like my second or third show i've done seven shows i've done a kids event like i have a diverse roster of very successful shows and mostly sold out shows under my vest and I, and we're not doing it with rich investors and we're not doing it with you know the the you know we did it with ingenuity and just for the love of jujitsu, man, it was just uh, it was just four guys or three guys and a gal that sat down and said, "Let's see what we can make, see what we can do." I think it's an interesting perspective coming from someone that's an actual business owner to to to, to chime in on that as well, too. Because you know, as a business owner, just like you said before, it's like, well, I mean, like we're going full state. I mean, until the government officials tell me that I have to shut down, we're doing this thing. Like I don't. I mean, I, I get I get everything that's involved, but we've got money on the line. People were expecting to get paid, and not just myself, the athletes that are coming coming in to compete they've trained like so until someone tells me to shut down i'm going to keep going full bore ahead not to hear you change that tune or maybe not change that tune but at least come to the realization that hey if there are other institutions just like the nba like major league baseball that are paying way 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 more money for the information and they're shutting down and they're losing tons and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars because of it maybe i should pay attention to that and and, and, and also look, look it's kind of like the the burger king effect too why do you think there's usually a Burger King right next to McDonald's, right? Because McDonald's already did all the research, the neighborhood right. research, all the different stuff, the economics. And Burger King says, fuck that. I'm not going to pay for all that. I'm just going to come sit right next to it. And if maybe people choose Burger King one day, maybe somebody will choose McDonald's. Yeah. So it's like we're we're using – I have friends that work for the – that are police officers that worked on the coronavirus task force in Houston. And all of them are telling us, limit people traveling in from out of state. If you want to try and make your event work, this is how you're going to do it. We tried to make it work. The vin- we kept getting cut down from like 250 people, literally like an hour or two. I think we were on the way to the weigh-ins for the Texas edition card on a conference call when the uh, there was some guidance that came down from the Texas State Athletic Commission telling the MMA events, you're off this weekend, you can't do it. And that was the final straw for me. I was like, we're not governed under those guys, but I'm not going to go against all this stuff out there just right. to put on an event and just in spite, basically. I mean, fight to win it canceled. You know, all these other events had canceled finally. How can I come out and be like, hey, rah, rah, you know, like yeah. coronavirus is so bad. You know, I got to cancel my event and get out of it and then be the one that still tries to put the show on at the end of the day when it's the most unsafe. It just didn't make sense. And, uh, you know, we, we made that call literally like on the way to the way and we're on the phone. I'm like, hey, guys, it, it, we got to pull the plug. So, I mean, how would it have looked if we let it go on? We let the athletes weigh in. They turn their ticket money in. They do all their stuff. And we're like, oh, sorry, guys. Like, it just... It was a tough decision. There were so many moving parts going on. And it was changing daily. And rather than risk having all those high-level athletes, the Gordon Ryans and all them, in Houston for fight week, like we called it the Friday before. And you know what? Honestly, Mo Jossum from ADCC, I was talking to him early on before he got mad at me. And he was even like, <laughs> he was even like, well, why don't you make your decision now? You know, it'll be, you know, it'll be better than waiting till Monday. It gives people more time to move things around, which what he meant was, move the events to fight to win, which is something as soon as I'm, as soon as I made the call, my first messages were to Seth, like saying, Hey, 
you know, we got these matches. If you can take any of all, take any of them off our shoulder, blah, 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 blah. I'd appreciate it. And in typical Seth fashion, you know, he's like, fuck that. I don't want those matches, but I'd rather have orange belts. <laughs> and, you know, he's doing, his whole, he's doing his whole thing. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't, they're not my matches. He's like, and, then I, and I was, and it was cool. I respected it. But then the matches still end up out there because it was the only event to go to. Mo and Seth are cool. They threw ADCC together. Yes. And Mo can be pretty convincing. So I'm sure he was like, hey, Seth, let's make these matches happen. And then their event got canceled. And then we canceled ours. Yeah. And here the fuck we are. People are still salty on both sides a little bit, but whatever. Time heals all wounds. We weren't trying to fuck anybody over. We were just trying to throw an event. It got very complicated. And uh, and I have, that's that's kind of the story in a nutshell. Um, it, 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 real quick, uh, this this is a this is definitely something that I, I want to go further on, just because it was it was definitely a big thing. There was a lot of uproar. We got a lot of DMs about it, but. You brought up something earlier, and I want to break into that a little bit, sure. just to, to break up the uh, the sort of severity of the topic. Is well, so there I don't, any... don't talk about the coronavirus. No, no, no. Do is stay, is there... no for real. And I, I need to know this. Is there any universe, like, what would ever make you choose a Whopper over a Big Mac, just to get back <laughs> to, to Burger King McDonald's? Because I'm, I'm really thinking about it, and I'm thinking, what have, what have been the times in my life where I've gone to Burger King? really sad, just completely lost, destitute. <laughs> like I've never felt worse in my entire life and I've given up essentially. And then that burger sort of like, like it did for Robert Downey Jr. That one time when he had a, a, a Burger King burger and said it was so horrible. It, it got, it convinced him to get Look, sober. I didn't say they were good burgers. I'm just saying that that, <laughs> that, 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 that was a model they were following with their cheap. Oh, burgers. definitely. I'm just, but really, I'm just thinking, wow, Burger King, that's, that's just not a I've good time. I've heard that. I've heard that same analogy with Starbucks. So you, you, and you Starbucks buy, is the same thing. Yeah. Never. Starbucks. Yeah. Like you want to buy a house, you go where there's a Starbucks at. Cause that's where they put the or money. Or like Walmart the does it. Walmart does the yeah. same thing too. If you right. want to open up an H E or a grocery store, usually yeah. there's a target within a mile of a Walmart. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just how they, it's just how it is. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. If you're comfortable with it, I actually have uh, Mo's uh, the infamous uh, Instagram story that he posted with regards to you. And uh, I was wondering, since you're here and you seem comfortable, would you want to go over it a little bit and kind of clue us into where he could be coming from? Man, to be honest with you, I don't want to start any more stuff with that guy because there was a lot of stuff that <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes, and that we've we've kept it classy. I'm not gonna air I'm not gonna air our uh, grievances. Public. There's definitely uh, there's definitely sometimes a nefarious uh, uh, underlying tone with those guys. It just doesn't make the doesn't make the uh, the headlines as much. Here, here's and the we'll deal, and, I, you, and you don't have to cut this out. Yep, I did my dealings with Mo was he was a fan. He came out to our Third Coast Grappling 3 show for Gordon. He loved it, told me it was probably the one – I mean, I can't remember what he said, but probably one of the best grappling shows he's ever seen or been to or attended on environment. He was a huge fan, and we were courting him as a possible investor for expansion opportunities, you know, and stuff like that, as well as multiple other people because I am a fucking disabled veteran. I have, you know, a, a side gig. I have another another company I run, and my partner's a West Point grad. You know, we're, we're – we come from humble beginnings. We're trying to raise capital to, to, to raise a substantial business. So we, we courted him to do that. You know, he came out, enjoyed our event. Everything went well. And uh, we were well into the booking for uh, 3CG4 when he approached me and was like, hey, I got Ethan, I got Oliver, and I got, uh, who's that other guy? Mike Perez. And um, <clears throat> he's like, I, I got these guys and I want to, you know, I want to, is there any room on your card for him? And I'm like, nah, man, like, 
uh, we're, we're full budget budgets full. And he's like, all right, I'll pay for him. And all of our conversations were on Instagram or Instagram voice. And, and it was all back and forth and, and stuff just got, it just got confused. I'm dealing with at any point, if I have a qualifiers event I'm booking, if I have a numbered event I'm booking and a kid's event I was booking, which I was doing all three, I have over 120 athletes and people plus their teams that I'm dealing with on any given basis. And to be doing business in Instagram and WhatsApp and all that stuff, it's just, it's very hard to keep track of and, and things get crossed, you know? I mean, he, he got upset about, uh, you know, he came on just solely as a sponsor. That was his, that was his involvement. And so he, we talked about those guys. I went out and found the matches. I kicked them to him. We kicked them back and forth. We confirmed him. And that was that. And then, uh, you know, we got down to, to uh, you know, closer to the event. And I was trying to clarify the terms of what the pay was, what this was, and just try and sort it out because I'd been dealing with some other stuff, you know, outside of business. It was some personal stuff. And I, my focus wasn't as a hundred percent as it should have been because day to day, I mean, it looks like a big, you know, a big deal, but I'm the one running things mostly day to day. I have people that come on closer to the events and sometimes, you know, things fall through the cracks. And I think that's what happened with, um, with Mo and with those, with those fights and with, and with, and with the misunderstanding that came on with that. But, you know, I, I hold no ill will to those guys. They can say what they want. They can, they can trash me. They can do say whatever they want to do. I don't care. I mean, I just I find it, I find it difficult to swallow that they would be that kind of animosity. But again, I don't know. I don't know anything from anything. You know, I, I honestly, this is the first I've heard that there was beef between you and Mo. I didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find I find it difficult to believe that that people in the industry of jujitsu would be that cutthroat against one another because you know. There are opportunities where you should be. You know, we start. We can. We don't have to talk about. We have to get into it unless you don't want to. But we could talk about. You know, the the Substars event that went down in in in, um, in Miami and the disaster that that turned into. That, so, that you know, is what start. That is what set the environment for what happened with us. And that's why I'm so like I'm willing to just let a lot of the crazy shit that was said and done during that time period between coronavirus, Substars hysteria, the next event right after Substars and all the different stuff that was going on. It was kind of like a perfect storm of, you know, like, like uh, of stuff that, that could give the wrong impression if that was really the case. And I think that's kind of like why I'm like, eh, whatever, you know, like it happened, you know, it's a tough situation. Our company lost a lot of money, but we did pay back all travel expenses to all the athletes. And we even went above and beyond. And I paid Patrick Gaudio a thousand dollar cash out of my own pocket. Right. As part of his camp expenses. It wasn't what, you know, his manager wanted it. He said, Oh, I want 30%. I told him he's fucking crazy. And so I was like, I gave him a thousand dollars. It was, it was what was agreed on. And, and that was that, but what was unfair to us and Kevin, I'm just going to let it rip on, on, on this. Um, when we made the decision we did right before that we were being threatened to be exposed by people that we were frauds and that we were this, and it was all over the, you know, like with Wagner Hocha, big fan of his, a lot of respect. There was a misunderstanding there because we had told him that he was booked. Like my, I was even involved in this. My fighter relations gal was handling all this and she was just going off of our policies that we have in place for all athletes. Say so you, we will try to room you together if you're on the same team. And if you're not, we'll give you a hundred dollar voucher so you can go book another room in the same hotel that we have a pre-negotiated rate at you pay the other half. So you can have your own room. I mean, we're not fucking rich. It was just our policy. Right. And, Wagner hadn't fought for us since three CG two. So when that was bounced around, he was like, Hey, you're basically throwing me out. It's a hundred dollars. It's this or that or the other. And uh, how am I supposed to do that? I'm like, well, we had you booked with somebody. He's like, I got my wife with me. So eventually we're just like, fuck it. We paid for it. And then I even paid for his flight 
from Houston to Dallas so he could go compete again. So it's like I've been going out of my way to like try to like remediate these these misunderstandings, but it's still it, it kept coming back to. And then that article came out like we, we announced, hey, you know, we're going to have to do it. We got to do it. Coronavirus. We're going to move on. Texas only. And then people got pissed off. And then I got threatened by multiple people that are in this industry that they were going to expose us, that we're a fraud, that we're hiding behind coronavirus and that we were doing all this just to save face because we couldn't afford our event. We couldn't pay our athletes. We couldn't do all this stuff. And I think I did a podcast, my own podcast a couple of nights ago. And I'm like, you guys talk about not having events back and not having money and all this stuff and investors. I'm like the guy in this chat on this podcast personally backed that event. Like, and he's like, yeah, I'm right here. Like, what do you want from us? Like, we're trying to do everything we can just because our business isn't ran like some, like some, some other people might run their businesses. That's, that's not really my thing. But when all that stuff came out, it was just a, a lot of heated stuff. People were like, I'm going to expose you. You're trying to fuck the fighters over. And I think Mo being mixed up in it, you know, with the Wagner hotel stuff, him getting thrown in a group message like that. And then his, uh, an attempt that his reputation might get marred or something, I think is what set him off. And then, after me and Seth kind of made our, um, made our piece, he reached out to me and apologized and was like, Hey man, like, I'm sorry that stuff got out of, out of hand. Uh, this coronavirus stuff's more serious, blase, blase, blase. Well, I make a post because on Reddit, people are like tearing into us and all this stuff. It was just ridiculous off of a post that, that Mo had, uh, or not, or somebody had made that person who wrote the article made on Reddit. So it was just all this crazy stuff back and forth. And I made a post on Instagram that basically said, like, you know, I, I don't even remember what it said, to be honest with you, but it, it was something that was perceived as us taking a shot at Seth or, or somebody like that. When literally just like 12 hours prior, me and him had made a beef. I had nothing to do with him. And it was just people sticking their nose in business that they shouldn't be sticking their nose. And yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the grand scheme of what you're talking about is that, you know, the, the circumstances surrounding the cancelization, you know, you know, because during that period of time, as a community, as a country, we really didn't know what the hell was going on. You know, they, well, we had it goes back to the, the the just like you said. You know, you went from literally day to day, hour to hour, changes yeah. in what you could have done to put on the promotion. So, like every time we would try to put something together to salvage it, the state would come back and say, "Hey, no, sorry, we can't do that because X, Y, Z." So, I mean, I think that I personally hope that you know, since that time as we've watched how things have continued to unfold. And again, in the beginning stages, nobody knew what the hell was going on. All of a sudden, I can't go to work. I'm locked out of my house. Right. I mean, you know, all these things started to happen in real time. I hope that people can go back and realize, that, hey, you know, like there was no nefarious scheme here. You know, it's, 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 the, the world came to an end. We right. all had, I, we all I, had real, real quick, it's, it's not just like individuals making choices. We, like the media coverage from all sides yeah. of, of – uh, the political spectrum was telling us that this is like a bad flu. It's not going to mean yeah. anything. And they were yeah. even saying, you really need to That's worry about the flu and cut to now. It is the greatest pandemic. Hopefully that any of us will ever live through. No, and it went from 200 and something deaths. Now it's down to like projected 60 and less than a seasonal flu. What, what got me the most upset now is that we made our jump on it. And now it looks like possibly it's going to be exponentially less worse. And thank God for that. Right. But it's looking like the government may have knee jerked a little bit on, on the whole response. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm just glad. And again, I don't, I'm so over 
trying to die. Just like Kev said, I'm so over trying to dissect what happened because I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in that, in that court myself too. I believe in the beginning stages, it's, it's pretty clear that everyone was concerned mildly, but not really to the point of like, Oh my God, the world's going to end. And then all of a sudden we realized, Oh shit, the world might end. We better get this shit under control. And mm-hmm. then it just happened. So like to, 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 it's, I'm just over trying to figure out what happened over trying to figure out what think where things are going. And I'm glad to see that. It seems like we are progressing in a positive manner to continue to eventually get back to our, our, our ordinary lives. And hopefully life continues to go. I have a sort of, uh, uh, I have, I have a, a sort of loose idea or, or sort of theory or hypothesis on how, like why emotions could have run so high so quickly with regards to, you know, Three CG hat like all this the stuff happening right after Substars famously Ooh. shit the bed even bigger than Metamoris did, and uh, Ke- uh, Kevin Ryan, if you if you want to uh, hear this and tell me if you think there's anything to what I'm saying, yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, I-, I feel like everybody that loves this sport feels like they need to take it. On, upon themselves to make a mission out of it, to make a crusade out of it. So whenever they see something like Substars, like Metamorphs, when they see things like abuses of power, just because this is a very niche market. If we don't fervently care about it a lot all the time, no one else is going to. You know, the guys that do it, something like the, the stat that gets thrown around is like, 90% of people that watch jujitsu or grappling events also practice it. It's not like MMA where it's like that got that mm. wide appeal. And and you have like the people like subs, like the guys at Substars tried to throw in like a lot of gimmicks. Like they had the whole sumo wrestler fight. They had the, the Kabuki dancers and the samurai <laughs> warriors. Johnson in a damn diaper. Like he, he, he kept messing with it. Crazier <laughs> and crazier as the night went on. It was insane. It was and like, like, I watched it. I watched it. I was like, holy shit. What is I, was, I was there. Yeah, it was insane. I'm a casual sumo fan. Like to to the point where I kind of understand the rules, but I, it just it I like that that announcer needs to never announce another thing for the rest of his life. It just it, it went on and it, on, it, it and, went, on yeah, I, and on. I the more he talked, the more I wanted to tear all the skin off of my yeah, body. It was, I was as there were points where I had to mute it. It was pretty bad, but you know I don't want to kick those guys in the nuts. But Kevin, like with the 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 substars, the post substar stuff, coupled with me trying to raise funds for my business, and I've got messages dating months back six months back so we're trying to raise funds for for this for this expansion because we're getting ready to go on the road we were going to go the east coast and do a show in your town in jersey we're going to go to california we're going to go to florida we were going to go to dallas we were going to take our show on the road and our brand of jujitsu and to do that you need money and i'm not fucking rich and neither is my partner and people were needling us like like oh thurka's grappling's poor like okay (laughs) like Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, of course we're poor. Like we're, we're, we're in a very poor sport trying to, you know, give athletes uh, an opportunity at usually at our own financial detriment, give you guys opportunities to showcase your skills and then do really cool stuff on our side to try and grow the sport past just the practitioner and the people that can actually enjoy watching competitive grappling. And I, to be honest, I'm really jaded by it now. I mean, I, uh, just over the past month or two, it's like, I, I've questioned if, I even wanted to do this anymore if I even wanted to even waste my time with it because with some of the people in it doesn't matter anymore. Like it's it you can do all these great things 
And then next thing you know, Gordon Ryan's going to write a, a shitty Instagram post about you. Or the leader of the ADCC is going to come and, and write something that wasn't even like rooted really in, in, in real reality. I mean, it, it, the stuff that he said about Wagner, I, I could have explained every point. And I, like I told you, Kevin, I didn't want to do it. And then the other stuff he wrote about saying that I was on a Reddit account uh, uh, at 3 a.m. or something, posting something negative, and he posted it on his Instagram story. And we talked it out, and it came down to I have a social media guy in California. We literally have a tab on our on our spreadsheet for our business, one of our spreadsheets, that says social media logins. And there's about 20 people that have access to that. And so I guess somebody was on there. Look, people got pissed off over that article that, that came out about us on my team because it wasn't true. So the Grappling Insider article that came out pissed people off on my team. And then the anonymous sources started to not be so anonymous anymore. And, uh, you know, we started finding out who was behind it and who did this and who did that. And people, I can't control what my people do. But apparently somebody was supposed to be on a burner account of their own, got on there and, and said a bunch of shit. And uh, the guy wasn't even with us for two or three weeks. It was just somebody that was coming on to help me with Reddit, you know, get me involved with that, how to do AMAs and how to get more engagement on our posts and how to do more stuff for that. So he was caught, I guess, making a post from his burner account on the third coast grappling account. And, and, and then, so of course, Ryan, why are you on Reddit fucking talking shit about me and saying all this terrible stuff and blah, 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 blah. And so basically, I mean, I, I get what it looks like, but it wasn't, it's not the truth. I don't even hardly get on Reddit. I mean, I, I, I get on there and I'll skim stuff sometimes about us, but for the most part, I'm not even, a, I'm not even a Reddit tour per se. <laughs> so, I, just, I just think it's funny that, um, you know, the world that we live in, you know, <sighs> it, it, it almost seems like we've been reduced even at the highest levels of business and the highest levels levels of government anymore. We've been reduced down to, uh, to, to 15 year old girls that are tagging and posting each other in, in Instagram posts and, and, and sending hate mail and, 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 and I've told them all, I said, post what you want about me, say what you want about me, kick me in the nuts, but you don't pay my fucking bills. You don't pay anything to do on my show. You have no effect on my day-to-day -day life. Yeah, you can go out there, slander me, run me through the mud, say about all this slanderous shit, but you know what? I've got a team of attorneys. I went to war with Flow Grappling. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, if you're going to come at me and you're going to make libelous statements and you're going to come and you're going to try and hurt my business, I'm going to just going to call my attorney. Like, why am I going to get on the internet and get on air and go back and forth with you and tear each other down and say a bunch of ridiculous shit to each other that doesn't even matter? Like people read that stuff. Like our most least engaged post on social media is BJJ promoter drama. Like if you go and look at the analytics on, like I look, I'm a big analytics guy. I look at our posts, anything that's ever had to do with anything other than like uh, our events or like memes or this or that are like super low engagement. Do you do you work with uh, any marketing firms or do you hire individual like uh, marketing guy, people? This guy was recommended to us by a guy out on the West Coast. I'm not going to say his name because there's people out there asking for this guy's identity. I want to talk to him. I want to I want to I want to shake him down. And I'm like, you know what? Look, I'm, I'm the president of the company. It's mine. I'll take it on the chest. You want to blame somebody? Blame me for, I guess. I don't know what to blame me for. I didn't do anything. It was somebody that worked for me. I fired him. He's gone. And, and that's the end of that. That's all I can say. I mean, I, I even apologized. I said, I don't know what else we can really do. I'm sorry those horrible things were said, but people were pissed off. You were named as a source in an article that hurt our business. So my there were people on my team that retaliated. And did, it, did now now like since that event and since that 
that login was, you know, exploited by someone that, you know, you hired, but turns out wasn't on the up and up. Has that changed anything uh, that you do regarding how you, you go about hiring people or who has access to the login? Was, did this yeah. spark any change? Yes. Big change. Like I'm the only, like on, on Reddit now it's me hundred percent. I'm not letting anybody else on any sort of Reddit platform. If it's a third coast grappling uh, post, it came from me because the issue that I get is that I have a hard time trusting people like that. haven't came up with this. And when I'm getting, when I'm delegating to people, or I'm trying to outsource things or do this and that I lose control over it. And eventually shit like what happened happens. And I'm stuck here having to, you know, I just got over all this bullshit over the coronavirus thing and these guys accusing us, you know, unfairly. And the next thing you know, somebody's on there, you know, you know, going, going out his throat at two something in the morning when I'm asleep with my wife next to me. Like I'm not like, I get woken up by a WhatsApp at like 2 AM some people freaking out on me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like it was, it was, I don't know, man, the, the jujitsu, I think people just need to get back to training. This thing needs to move on. People <laughs> need a stress reliever. They need a distraction because like, like I, I'm just not, I'm not into it anymore. Like if, like from now on, if people come at us, we're just going to call our attorneys. We're going to, like I said, we'll let them handle it. And, and I'm not getting involved in it. It's, it's trashy. And I think honestly, as adults, people that are supposed to be setting examples, for kids out there, I run a kids event. I'm not supposed to be out there on Instagram going back and forth with some random guy that nobody knows even knows who they are outside right. of Sling, slinging shit just for in the, in the name of marketing. You know, it right. just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't no benefit for us. I'm not trying to stroke my ego. I have no ego in this. We just want to throw great shows. My my only ego I have in our show is that I think our show's the greatest, just like anybody else. 100%. Should think there's that's, and that's, that's your that's your job as the promoter so to feel that way. If you're not feeling for, that way, then you're not then you're then you're not doing your job. Yeah. But, one one thing I want to say, just just in regards to comparisons to you to uh to substars, and we won't get into the whole substars fiasco because we had a whole cool. show on that, and like everybody knows what a disaster that. Although was, so. I think I do think Third Coast Sumo would absolutely <laughs> blow the doors Another off. Another fat joke about me. I, I see what's going on. Kevin started. Oh, uh, no, you know that. No, no, no. <laughs> If this too fit, but <laughs> Ryan, I probably wake up more than you do right now. I'm not gonna well, lie. The camera's well, very flattering to me. What I wanted to say, angle. what I wanted to say is this: is like you know, I I was pretty intimately involved in that Substars event. I had I had one of my uh, one of my my fellow competitors, my fellow uh, you know, teammates on that event. I was down there at the event, and I know the guy that ran the event pretty well. I competed on a couple of their smaller shows that they had before. They, they did a pretty good job yeah, on the smaller cool. shows. I followed them, like the smaller yeah. shows at the tank and all that. Yeah, it was awesome. Was like, it was awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. I had a great match on one of the shows. It was awesome. Then, then we, then I did. I was there coaching uh, Nick Rodriguez in the tag team event, which yeah. wasn't as good. It was kind of a kind of slowed down. Their venue was smaller, and it wasn't that great. the The point of the matter is, is when I found out that they were putting on the the scope of the show that they were putting on, I immediately went to the place of saying, "Okay, well, they must have found someone else to help them put this together." And when I found out, no, it was still the same kid that was putting it down. I was very, very immediately concerned because i had been involved in a couple other shows and i know this kid pretty well and i'm thinking to myself there's no way like he has the wherewithal to be able to figure this out i'm going to tell you something basically what we plan to do with our platform with sub tv basically what we got sued for by flow grappling is what Substars put on right right you yeah they I mean? were trying they were trying to run the, <laughs> so we were the like, pay-per-view oh. model <laughs> there. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's funny. It's funny you say that because we had to say we had uh, Joshua Duke on. He's one of my dogs. We had him on talking yeah, about um, talking about 
the same exact thing. And he used your name as a reference. He said, you know, this guy, because Josh LeDuc uh, did the pay-per-view for them because they called him in at the last second because they had nobody. So, like, hey, Josh. Yeah. How do you want to – you want to come run our cameras and stuff for him? Josh like, sure. Um, their whole platform was to sell – I think they wanted to sell like fucking 30,000. 30,000 yeah. or 20,000 pay-per-views. And like it's it, – all he had to do was pick up the phone and call yourself – or call some other people in the jiu-jitsu world and say, hey, let's talk about the – Call the Seth Daniels. Seth Daniels yeah. tell you yeah. how fucking dead pay-per-view is yeah. in jiu-jitsu. And I wanted to be like, fuck you, Seth. I'm going to show you that it can be done when we were in that process to you know do that because <laughs> spike motivation is big. So like when we were in that period where we were going, I'm going to be like, I'm going to show I can make it work, but I'm going to make a statement. If it was right. us instead of Substars, our model instead of theirs, I think we could have I think we could have got the big buys. I think we could have uh, marketed it correctly, and I think we could have done it right. But I do think pay-per-view is dead as far as a standalone I mean, deal. I think you, you, gotta, you, you, you peeps are cheap, man. We're not we're not gonna spend fucking we're not gonna spend twenty dollars. I on was fucking show. curious I spent nine ninety nine to watch that, and I'm in yeah. And I'm in the industry. I was so yeah. freaking mad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a, it's a weird thing. Like it's it, there's something about the dynamic of financials that that ten dollars for a pay per view that's four hours it seems ridiculous. But like I'll spend fifty dollars at the bar to buy four drinks and a and, couple and shots. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But only because we're on the topic, I feel like right now would be an appropriate place to further plug our buddy Josh Starlord Leduc's <laughs> uh, uh, special coffee blend. I yes. think it's uh, Pay Up <laughs> Bitches. Uh, it is designed. It is uh, all the proceeds. It's really great espresso blend. All proceeds go to trying to pay I don't think, uh, the athletes. So it's a good cause. I, I don't think some. in it's my really life. Good. I don't think in my life I've ever met a bigger hustler than Joshua Duke. And I, and I mean that in a positive note, I don't mean he's that. Young he's too. I'm like, I'm like he's dude, why do you, I'm like, yeah. why do you look 45? Like, always, <laughs> told me was, I was, I was always, cause I always say this about Josh and he, and I love him to death. You know, we, 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 we have our things sometimes, but like, I love him to death because I was there in the beginning from him. I can remember him as a 19 year old kid, 20 year old kid, at the beginning stages before anyone had any clue what submission only grappling events were that were to be marketed to the mass public when it was in its absolute infant stages. I truly believe that Joshua Duke was at the forefront of that. And I was always impressed at his ability to be able to put these things together at such a young age and he's continuing through and hustling. Hustle, hustle, I see so a lot of him, 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 him get along alike because we have a lot of the same thinkings and the way we approach things. Yeah. And we're both kind of boisterous, we're out there, we're loud, yeah. we're. So me and him have, uh, you know, we butted heads a little bit, but then it became a good friendship. And he's somebody that, you know, I usually talk to at least daily, like we'll bounce ideas off of each other or, you know, we'll talk shit with each other about whatever's going on. But, uh, you know, to get back to the Mo thing that we were talking about with uh, um, as far as like the messages and the, and the Reddit stuff and all that stuff, man, look, that's not my style. That's not my team style. And the core of our group, me, Lisa, Zach, Oliver, like, man, that's not us. Like there's, there's people in the jujitsu community that you guys all know that live for this shit, that live to stir shit up, that live to do this and whatever the fuck he was doing. Apparently he was drunk and high and he wanted to talk some shit. And so he got involved and the guy's been in the industry a little bit. Like he, he, he had given me some advice on certain things and you know, he has designed and done a few things for, for other people. But those, those weren't a reflection of what we feel. I have nothing but respect for Mo. You know, he brought us out to ADCC VIP right in the middle of all that shit with Flow Grappling. Like, and Flow Grappling was putting ADCC on. He had the nuts to say, you know what? I'm not going to keep them out of there. These guys are still going to come out. He gave us passes. We got to come and enjoy ADCC, and it was it was a blast. So 
Yeah, and then uh, we probably brought- because Mo could buy the flow grab, could buy flow grappling <laughs> if he really wanted to. But yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't. Now that I think about and he, it, who knows? He may have a stake in it. Who knows? But yeah. you know, he he's always he was always a nice guy with us, and he was somebody that you know he rolled the red carpet out for us. And it was really it was really nice and really uh, knowledgeable guy on the sports. So when we were like, hey, come out to ours, and he, a lot of his guys that he was friends with Wagner and Ethan and all those guys or whatever were and uh, Gordon were all in our car, and the Bo Nickel thing was huge. So we came out, you know, we got him a, a you free, did put on that show. That was a good yeah. show. Yeah, we gave him a free table. We get, you know, Nikki Rod was there, table side, Michael Zinga. They were all sitting there at the table, Matt side, loving it, telling us it's the best thing ever. And we had a great time. It was a great relationship, you know, and then and then they, they moved on. And then we get down the road and then, you know, we have a qualifiers event. We have our kids event and then we're building up to this event and we're doing well. We're winning. And then the coronavirus hits and then it's like, you know, broken relationship left and right because people are, are so like paranoid from the substar stuff and from, you know, yeah. from just past things that have gone on in the jujitsu community. But my, I'm never going to come out and fight back against Well, He can say whatever he wants about me. I know the truth. I've put the truth out on Reddit. I've put the truth out on our AMA on Reddit. I've put it out on multiple podcasts. I put it out on this podcast. Our intentions never were to fuck anybody over. We have nothing but respect for Mo. Seth, I have nothing but respect for that guy. And we just want to move past it and move on and, and just and get back to throwing shows whenever we can. All this other drama and bullshit between people and flexing. I mean, if that makes you feel good about yourself, go for it. But uh, it's not really my game. I don't got to flex. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go on a record right now. And, I, and I'll just say this it, it, just to say it because you know, I don't know all the dynamics of what happened. I don't know. I don't know what their beef is. I don't know what the gripes is. But like you, you yourself and your your uh, promotion being compared in any way, shape, or form to Substars is just completely wrong. And I feel that you are victim. You're the victim of the circumstances of the you know the the hoopla that was following around the Substars event, and then the unfortunate circumstances of the, of the coronavirus that immediately tried to put you in that same uh, discussion. And it's just. Believe me, I was very, very firsthand involved in the calamity that was the Substars, and I know the business model that you have, and it's damn sure nothing. And, and, and like even our business model, like it's it was very heavily reliant on investors and sponsors and stuff like that because to get these big guys, some of these big guys are wanting ten grand, fifteen grand, twenty grand to compete, and to to the most that I can generate, say at my music venue ballpark for tickets is like 40 to 50 K I'll, I'll get for a sellout. And then on top of that, my licensing fee from flow, which is very generous. I add that on top and then I add in sponsors here and there and we make an event work, but that is not a sustainable model. But we weren't going after it to try and like make a, um, uh, make an event that's going to make me a bunch of money. We all have other means to make our money. Ours was to do something cool for jujitsu, try our model out. Our rule set was different. The way we approached the sport was different. You know, we just, we made matches. we thought fans wanted to see and we tried to just, do something different and if it caught fire and it started making a bunch of money then we can make some money and we keep throwing big events and we keep moving on but none of us have taken a fucking cent from third coast grappling that's what, that's what i'm getting at like it's just it's, it's, it's a labor of love yeah, that, that, let me ask that's, that's what it is let me go ahead kev go ahead no no that was the, i just wanted to say that let me ask one more question and maybe we can get running because i know it's been we've been going for an hour now it's, yeah, it's getting good man we got time let me let me ask you uh, one question real quick, and this might be my final question. Maybe we can keep going if you want to talk, but this is something I want to get to before I forget about it. So I'm big on just like you said. I love jujitsu, and I love the sport of jujitsu, and I really, truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that jujitsu in and of itself is sustainable enough to entertain uh, 
other than the jujitsu market. I'm talking about mom and pops and and and, and, and layman's that want to come watch it because you know you watch some high level jujitsu and it's exciting. As much as people want to say it is, yeah, they don't know the rules, but like people don't know the damn rules in, in an MMA fight either. And the only difference is, is you, you're punching people in the face. You know, the combat jujitsu tried to make a run at that, and I, don't, I just don't think it ever worked out because the quality of jujitsu suffered. I believe that the quality of true world-class jiu-jitsu, as long as you have a decent enough rule set to provoke action, is exciting enough to follow. And I want to see promotions like yourself succeed because I want to see that eventuality come to terms. My question to you is this. Um, at what point do people like yourself, out of the kindness of your own heart, that want to continue keeping the sport going – have to sit back and have a real rational conversations with themselves and others involved and say, Hey man, like this is awesome. And I love jujitsu, but at the end of the day, I'm not Mo Jessam and I'm not, you know, some rich billionaire that can continue to dump money into this without having to worry about losing it. Mm -hmm. Um, what point do you have to say, Hey, look, if this isn't profitable anymore, we just can't do it is, is, is just what my, my concern is. And, and what are some of the ways you feel like we can continue to try to make it more profitable? Uh, to be honest with you, I've had that. We've had that conversation multiple times, you know, like uh, we're like, man, how the fuck do you make money in this thing? Because what I didn't want to do is go out there and rip Seth off and just, you know, steal his model and, you know, load my card up with 30 or 40 local fights, have them sell it out and then put the couple. You know, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to find another way. A, did you, I don't want to interrupt you, but that's an important distinction that I did. The, the yeah. business model of Seth Daniels, what yeah. makes him successful. Right well, here. he's able to do he's that. He's not making any money off of fucking Wagner Rocha. And, and yeah. the big, he does that yeah. because he loves jujitsu. He makes money off of the. Well, he's doing it for flow like he makes his money off the the city the 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 jujitsu communities he's not making the money off uh right. flow grappling for having wagner hocha and this and that that's for those guys for the jujitsu nerds that subscribe to flow that that want to watch that that keep right. people tuning in but his model is sustainable he does such a big volume that he can earn a little or or he can lose maybe at one show but then make it up and kill it the next show he has that ability and that's and what we were trying to develop and we're still trying to develop is our ability to fly in or take a trailer into a city, into a music venue, throw our mats on the floor, get our production set up, and then replicate our shows in and around the country or in and around the world like we were going to do with Grapple Fest. But I think to get down to sustainability, it's going to take, um, you know, that's something that we struggled with from day one, overpaying fighters over, um, you know, just, just, just not know. It's just going to take now negotiations, and it's going to take looking at fighters' values at an overall picture. And I think what we're going to go to is probably a flat, based uh payment structure for uh colored belts so brown and below this is what you're going to get if uh, you get your submission and regulation you'll get this and i don't care if you're the best brown belt in the world that's what you're going to get right. and then our black belts and some of our bigger names and stuff will negotiate around that but i think to get there that you have to basically be able to generate enough revenue from your licensing fees and your live gate in order to you know make some money for the business pay the athletes and go on down the road that's that's basically the basic math equation you got to make right there. I mean, is yeah. is make more than you're losing. <laughs> it's funny you brought that up about athletes because this is something that myself, in general, as you know, a professional jujitsu athlete, whatever. You know, that's what I tell. That's what I tell girls at the bar. But you know, my my the, the idea of being able to make a living doing jujitsu as an athlete is something that these athletes just need to get out of their head. You know, what I mean, unless you're at the absolute. I mean, because even as a professional fighter. Unless you are at the absolute pinnacle of the pyramid, 
Like I'm talking, even guys that fight in the UFC, they got side gigs. Man. Ally Kenta, best, yeah. best yeah. real yeah. estate agent in Long Island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if people think that Gordon Ryan is making all this money off these super fights, and no, he's, think that it's his fucking instructionals. Right, exactly. That's where he's making his money. That's that's the point <laughs> I'm trying to make is that as a jiu-jitsu community, the, the arrogance. Because like I there was a bit of a time when I was like, Well, what are you gonna pay me? What's going on? I've gotten to the point of saying, you know what, man, like I enjoy to compete. I love this shit. And I enjoy the fact that there are guys like yourself that give me a platform to be able to do that. So I can say, hey, look, man, I've done some pretty cool shit, man. I got to be on Flow Grappling. I got to be on, you know, on Fight Pass. I got to do some things like that. And until the jiu-jitsu community and the jiu-jitsu fucking competitors get off their own asses and get out of their own fucking heads and, and start to just quit demanding these ridiculous fucking prices, it's going to be a detriment to jiu-jitsu as a whole. You know, because – Putting yourself out there in a big show like that makes you marketable. Now, if you got a little hustle, you can make money doing other shit. Like the like like the some, what we're just gonna start doing, man, is just saying no more. Like I said, I had to say yes a lot in the beginning because we were trying to get our foot in the door. Nobody knew who we were. We were gonna have to overpay a little bit to get these guys to trust us. We we're gonna have to do certain things in order just to be able to get into a market that is kind of like insulated by three or four people that have been doing it for 10 or 20 years. So trying to break into this market is very hard and, and you catch a lot of resistance from a lot of different angles. Like there's people, uh, it's just, it's, I've, I've never have experienced anything like this in my life. And I've been to combat. I've, I've yeah. fought overseas <laughs> in a war and I've never seen anything as crazy. And, 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 and just from like my, like my degrees in uh, social work, I did a lot of psych psychology classes. I've never seen anything like just more of like, just like the biggest, like, sociology experience in, uh, than jujitsu uh, super fight events or trying to organize them. It's just, it's, it's unreal. The, just the stuff that you observe, but we've made our mistakes. We're not perfect. We fucked up. We're new. It's like our white belt years of promoter, but we had a big surge because basically that's what we wanted. We wanted to hack the market. And so we had a lot of big growth and now we have some catching up to do to that growth and to formalize it. And that's what we're doing during all this downtime. Do I, have your, do I have your permission to just name this episode Don't Mess With Texas? <laughs> I'm really tempted to do that. Go for it, baby. Let's go. Well, okay. Go just my final my, – to, to sort of bookend my questions, you know, we've talked a lot about what like the, the beginnings were like, current current events, uh, and now there's, there's a very unknown future. But uh, you're a very forward-thinking guy. You've definitely put a lot of uh, – at least some amount of thought into what's next. Uh, tell us what the next – uh, seven to eight months look like for Third Coast as far as you know right now? Well, right now we're looking at um, June 13th. I mean, that's two months away. Probably not going to happen, but our governor is supposed to be easing restrictions on uh, on a few things so where we can start having people get back together again a little bit. And if that's the case, we're going to make a run at the, at the streaming thing, the spectators thing, or, you know, small – small size uh, grappling events to get these guys, you know, some money. I had some ideas kind of, I did this with some of my musicians friends. Like uh, I don't do campsites or anything, I think, you know, but I'm not a campsite guy, but I just, <laughs> this is where I, I mean, got Thank God. So look, you get, and this is probably going to get stolen. Like some of these other unoriginal motherfuckers are going to do, but you can edit that out if you need to. But uh, <laughs> so we, what we we're going to do is we were going to take three or four super fights we were going to get their Venmo, their PayPal, their cash apps, put them on each side under their name. And we we're going to have the athletes compete. And then we we're going to have it streamed out, have the whole community involved, you guys, everybody get it streamed out everywhere and allow people to 
tip or pay for the match, depending on if they were entertained or maybe their friends competing or whatever, and give the athletes a chance to make some money. That's something that we're looking at doing. That's awesome, that's man. that's one way to look at it. But I mean, right now, man, I'm just trying to navigate the landmines, the political landmines, uh, keep my foot out of my mouth and uh, and just try and find a way to get back to throwing good shows. But right now it's day to day. There's a lot of uncertainty. And, um, you know, the minute that we're able to throw shows again, I'm telling you right now, I've got so many ideas ready to go that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not slowing down whenever, whenever it's time to go back to, uh, get back to business, we're going to be throwing the same great, great shows we always have been. And then, you know, people can either dig it or they, they cannot tune in. I mean, it's, it's well, it's I personally appreciate what you do for the sport, Ryan. I, I, I want to, as someone that's been around this shit for a long time, you do a pretty good job of it, man. I, and I'm, I'm glad that there's people like you out there doing <laughs> man, this. I try. And also, uh, you know, I know you see this all the time. I just want to make it a point to say thank you for your service because I know that that's a, uh, that's a big deal. I know you might not want to hear that because I know soldiers don't dig it, but I want to tell you anyway because I feel like you deserve to hear it. No, I and I believe that, that jujitsu's healing powers is, is is a good thing for that. I've done a lot of writing for that. I've been involved with. No, and, and 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 that's a whole other podcast. I've, I mean, yeah, well, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Jujitsu for me, I'm telling you right now, I was three hundred twenty pounds, and what? Less than two years later, I'm married. I have a kid. I'm. 210 pounds. I mean, I have a great story as well. And that's why I was like, I want to start something that can spread jujitsu out to the masses, get more right. people involved, get more people training, maybe more, maybe more soldiers with PTSD, maybe more drug addicts, maybe people that can come in and pour that level of focus they had into being a fuck up and to being jujitsu athletes or to change their lives the way I was able to. But when I like interviewed I said, you the first time, I, I, I remembered that about that. And that was one of the things when I wrote my article that I was very uh, appreciative of to see someone that really, you know, that is coming from this. Yeah, obviously you're an entrepreneur. You want to make some money out of it. But there's also a part of you that really has a passion for what the true uh, true powers of jujitsu have to offer. And, uh, you know, your story was a great story. And I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad there's guys like you involved in this. Sport. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. I know we've gone on a little bit longer than you guys normally want. But right. for people that have been down to the fucking bottom, the ones that have, that have fucking lost everything multiple times, the ones that have watched friends die, the ones that have uh, have experienced, watched their mother OD on drugs, the ones that have had to put friends in and out of rehab, the one that's been in and out of rehabs themselves, people that have been to the fucking bottom, you can't hurt them anymore. You can't, you can't kick them in the nuts anymore. Nothing you can say or do is going to be any worse than the shit somebody that has gone through something like that pulled themselves up and is in my shoes or better. You know what I'm saying? So when I approach the jujitsu game and all the bullying and all the bullshit that goes on, you can't say or do anything to me that's not that's going to hurt me any worse than anything I've already been through. I'm going to throw my shows. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to stay true to myself and my people. And that's all that fucking matters. I like that, man. Great, great fucking interview, man. You're make sure, awesome you, dude, make sure right? you get make sure you get like everyone's getting paid. You know, that's that's the bottom line, really. You know, dollars $300,000 $300, our first year, 100 percent payment rate. Drops the mic. You can end it on that if you want. <laughs> well, I, Ryan, Ryan, I would uh, join Kevin G in thanking you for your service, but I have a little brother in the Marine Corps, and he would probably make fun of me a lot if I did. I know you guys are very territorial. I don't fully understand it. But... They're just fucking jarheads. They don't know any better. <laughs> oh, Sean, calling you out. If there's nah. if there's if there's an uh, an osprey hovering above your house later, just uh, ignore hey, it. <laughs> my, my brother-in-law is actually an Apache pilot, so that maybe they can go at it. Osprey versus oh. Apache. I mean, I don't know. 
Sean, you, you might have to strap in, but I don't know. You might, you might be getting a call. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was a really, uh, a very surprisingly uplifting, you know, positive episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. We're still coming at you from quarantine, still giving you all the jiu-jitsu that you need to survive. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher, and our special guest, Ryan McGuire. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show. We hope to have you back, man. Awesome, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Peace out.